live. Live and in living color. From the empty uh, place in my parents' house and Dan in his own house himself that he owns. Uh, this. Oh, uh, well, okay. Well, that's the perfect place, apparently, according to Vince Russo. So, for us at <laughs> least. Uh, welcome, guys. It's the lovely, wonderful Side Angle Wrestling Podcast, episode four we're on. They're still letting us do this, Dan. How is this possible? Episode four already? I believe episode four. Yeah, episode three last episode week. episode three. Nope, we're on episode four, brother. All right. Well, well now we need to just count. go back to school now, I guess, because we lost count. Here's just how it happens. If you have hate in your heart, don't let it out. Well, you know what they say, when you're having fun, time just flies. Absolutely. And unfortunately, Dude. I felt every hour of AEW this past week. Oh, time. my God. <laughs> and and I, have my, uh, I have a group of friends that are defending it, and I have a group of friends like myself that... Uh, I'll be honest here. I intentionally uh, did not follow anything Jim Cornette did this week uh, because Me too. Of, of something I wanted to uh, to get off my chest about a couple things. Um, would you like to start? Um, yeah, I would actually no, because mine's about the main event. I will say this about AEW this week: it had some good points. It had some really oh, what the fuck are we doing right now uh, points, but at the same time. It's the first time in a long time where I skipped through most of the matches. It's the first time I've actually done that. And I missed I missed it at live as it was happening. I actually was at um, uh, uh, Costa's in, um, in Mansfield doing a show down there. It was a fun show. I liked okay. it. But I forgot to DVR this episode of uh, AEW Dynamite. And I tried my damnedest to get through the tag team tournament match between uh, the Lucha Brothers and the Jurassic Express, whatever the hell they're calling it, a boy and his dinosaur. It's got many names at this point. Um, the opening match was okay. Don't really remember it. Uh, but it was one. It, I watched this episode and went, all right, I can tell who's going to win and who's going to lose. Let's just skip to the finish and see how they did it. That's most of the matches in the beginning of that show is how I watched AEW dynamite this week was I just skipped right to the finish to be like, Oh, okay. That's a perfect way to end the entire match. I like the good booking on the, on the finish there. Sweet. But at the same time, the Riho match, you knew she wasn't going to lose. She she wasn't going to lose that belt, what, two weeks? And, after and can she I just, just say something about it? all these title matches we're getting on TV lately? Because we're getting we're getting it from AEW. We're getting it from WWE. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to see a title match. But you need to change the title every once in a while for me to believe that there's something that's going to happen on TV. Well, also, if you I, think about it, here's the thing about your thought process there. And I do agree with you. But remember, those titles... Titles are so fucking new. Why would you take the belts off of the people that just won them? I can get that too, but like it's it's kind of like um do you remember when uh Tyler Bates won the the UK championship? He had yeah. it for what, one month before yeah. Pete Dunn had it for almost 2 years or 2 years exactly? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I'd, I'm not against short title reigns if there's something good to happen. I I'm a, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm very sour on Rio right now. Me too. Me too. Um, I, I, I hope, just I hope their next move is be be Priestley because she is the real, in my opinion, uncrowned women's world champion in AEW. She deserves that belt way more than Rio ever did, and I know why he got that or why she got that. Pardon my thing. The other one is the former man woman 
but whatever. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things. Where, and we're canceled. And, oh, we've probably been canceled for a little while, pal. Uh, <laughs> we're just ha-ha, recording ha-ha, this for fun ha-ha. now. <laughs> oh, pal, we're going to fire you. Uh, but like with with uh, Riho is I know it because it's not any kind of like illicit thing. It's the fact that she's known Kenny Omega since she was nine years old. Sit, sit. That's the no. only reason that she she is best friends with Kenny Omega. That's the only reason she has the world championship right now. She should not be. She should be a chaser. She's cute. She can somewhat wrestle. And to me, she doesn't really deserve the belt because she's ninety eight fucking pounds. Well, not just that. Do you remember when Triple H in two thousand uh, two thousand three two thousand four he had that monster title reign? Yeah, where he was just beating everyone, and everyone's like, "Well, he's just fucking the boss's daughter." And yeah. they went nuts, and everyone was booing him and hating him for it. Not because he was a heel, but everyone just hated him, thinking that he was using his backstage power. Why the fuck aren't they doing that to Rio right now? Well, it's because... It's, it's just as le- legitimate. Here's the thing about that. And you have to think about the certain base. And we are in this technically. Um, but we are the... For wrestling fans, and you've been to a couple of independent shows, I, I assume, where oh, yeah. some some stuff has been yelled at to female wrestlers a lot. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, and that's that's the thought process. It's because she's a cute chick from Japan. They're not going to say anything because a lot of those kids, a lot of the nerds that are in there, I'm just going to come out and say it, are you know c- collecting manga and they think that Riho is some living manga character come to life. That's all. I'm, that's the only reason. I look at Riho as a very good wrestler, but I don't think she's championship material right off the fucking bat. That would it should have been Britt Baker or even give it to Nyla Rose. I don't care. But at the same time, anybody but Riho, anybody could have had that Plus belt. She looks so fucking stupid when they have the belt on her around her waist. I know. And the back of the belt is just flapping around. It it it, it looks ridiculous. It should it be on her shoulder. Stupid. It should be yes. on her shoulder where it belong to make her look bigger than the belt. And that's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I prefer it when when champions wear the, uh, they wear the championship around their waist. You know, yeah. that's just my own personal preference. Mm-hmm. But with something like that, that's so visually weird to look at. Yeah, that, and I didn't even right. notice it until Excalibur brought it up. I really did. Well, we, yeah, we, Excalibur brings up uh, other things in matches that really don't make any sense. For why the fuck you bring it up? Can he? Can he fucking stop? Really, with a lot of the the shit that he says, I, I'm okay with him wearing a mask. By the way, I am firmly okay with this. But I'm tired of the inside wrestling references. I really am because it's like I get it. You want to be that organization, but brother. Stop and call the fucking match and don't use like, oh, he's trying to get over here. Like, what? Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Well, th- my main issue with Excalibur wearing the ma- uh, wearing the mask is that no one really knows who he is. Yeah. And they haven't ex- they haven't taken the time to explain to us who he is. And I, I looked him up. I think he only wrestled in, um, oh, God, uh, PWG. He wrestled like that- in P- PWG and also CZW for a little while along with uh, Chikara. He's on a few Chikara DVDs, too. But you know what you say? It was like um, you say something like international uh, former wrestler. uh, uh <laughs> 
you make something up. He, he's traveled the world. He's faced yeah. the best that there is. They should have introduced him just through like being the elite or like or whatever that the TNT special was leading up to the first AEW on TNT and show his matches and be like, I I was a an, an interview, do a profile piece on him. You know what my thought? Pro- you know what I think they're gonna do? What's that? I think Excalibur is gonna have one more match. One more match. Uh, it won't be this year. It'll be in 2020 or 2021. But I think he's going to come out of retirement at AEW. Okay. And to to be honest, cool. Then put him back on the de- desk after he retires again. But I think that would, it, one, it would actually explain who the fuck Excalibur is to the normal human being outside of us. And actually make him, people feel for him and be like, yeah, he's actually a pretty good wrestler. He's pretty cool. I like him. Because he used to wrestle Super Dragon all the time. And I love Super Dragon. And actually, I like the little Super Dragon call out he did on AEW la- the last week where he called it the violence party. I was like, hey, yes. That's how you fucking, that's a sweet reference, sir. Thank you. Because I was a big Super Dragon fan. He was a psychopath. Uh, Don't know who he is, to be honest. His real name, somebody can leave in the comments. But I think, honestly, that's how you get Excalibur over with the AEW audience is talk about how he used to be a wrestler, and then he wrestles like two or three times, and you're done. Well, you you just have to get him over with with the, the audience who has no idea who he is. I'm aware. That's what I'm talking about. That. I mean, well, I, uh, uh, you said the AEW. I, I thought you were talking oh, about like, the smart. Actually, like um, uh, uh, regular, the casuals is who I meant. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. We're on the same. The casuals who are watching, who just turned this on, see a dude in a mask. It, it would be nice to all of a sudden have him get into an angle with somebody because he knows he can. Probably. I don't know. I've. Ne- I don't know any injuries that he may have. If he does, I'm sorry, Excalibur. Um, for the insensitivity on your on the injury, but it, 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 yeah, I I know him just from indie shows. That's all I know him from, and that's it. Like nobody watching on TNT casually knows who this guy is, unless they use the internet and be like, "Ah, oh, he used to be a wrestler." Okay, nobody's gonna do that, by the way. So I'm gonna use that to segue into uh, a little something that bothered me this week. Oh, feel free. Because we're talking about people turning in or tuning in, not knowing who anybody is. Yeah. Let's talk about the Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express. <sighs> yep. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to start off by saying this. I hated it. And I'm probably not going to spend too much of this time talking about Marco's stunt himself. I because will. I can just say I hated the match. Whatever. You know, it, it, it looked ridiculous. It looked stupid. I think it buried um, the Lucha Bros having to take so much time to beat him. I think mm-hmm. it made Jungle Boy look... <laughs> It put a little bit of shit on Jungle Boy, which I, I think just absolutely sucks. What yeah. I would have done is I would have had Jungle Boy just have to face the Lucha Bros by himself. A two-on-one tag match, um, something where, you know, he, you see him talking to Luchasaurus before he goes out there. And Lucha's like, you know, saying, yeah. hey, I can't ask you to do this. And Jungle Boy's like, no, I, I'm going to do it for us. He goes out there. He gets the shit kicked out of him. He gets some sympathy. He might get, you know, give him a good comeback to where you think, holy shit, Jungle Boy might pull this out himself. And then t- pull the rug out from underneath of him. Mm-hmm. Your your tag team still looks strong. Jungle Boy looks like a like a star in you know being born. And then you move on going forward. Yeah, so I fully agree with that. This is my problem, as you know, and uh, as people know more and more as we do this, I have a uh, healthy hatred for Dave Meltzer. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> and I heard by the way, I heard this on the I heard what he said on the experience on uh, last Thursday uh, or Tuesday actually, or no, yesterday. I was listening to the drive-through. Sorry guys, I'm high. 
Um, oh. But um, well, is- I, I heard it on the drive-thru What good old good old uh, Grandpa Dave I'm going to call him Grandpa Dave from now on uh, Needs to really take his medication Because what he's What he what you're about to say, I've never wanted to punch an old man in the face like Conor McGregor before, but this causes me to possibly fly to San Diego to do it because it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But continue. So Meltzer originally stated that he thought the match was going to suck and that it might be good if it only lasts six minutes. He said it lasted 12 minutes. He's like, but you know what? The crowd was into it and it was good. Fuck Dave Meltzer. Fuck him and fuck his stupid goddamn opinion. We're talking about the same goddamn fucking guy who gave Hogan versus Andre negative four stars at WrestleMania three. Yeah. Saying it was one of the worst WrestleMania or one of the worst matches ever. Mm. There were ninety one thousand fucking people on their feet the entire goddamn time for that yep. fucking match. And you're going to tell me that because stunt was over in front of ten thousand people that <laughs> it, it, it drove me up a goddamn wall. It drove me up a fucking wall. And you know what Hogan and Andre didn't have to do? They didn't have to fly around and do b- crazy-ass bumps. No. I don't know how well you remember that match. Do you remember when um, they were outside the ring and Andre had his hands around Hogan's neck and he went to go headbutt him and Hogan ducked and Andre's mm-hmm. head hit the, uh, the, the, the ring post? Do you remember mm-hmm. how the place went nuts for that? Yep, because it meant something. Or when Hogan took the the mat out and it, you know looked like he was trying to pile drive uh, uh, trying to pile drive Andre onto the concrete and then Andre flips him over, and it wasn't the best looking bump, but Hogan didn't sell it like he just fell on a bed of nails. He felt you know he sold it like he's been wrestling for the last ten minutes, yeah, and he's trying to beat this giant, and you know he got flipped over and now he has to try to get himself back situated. It the the place went nuts nuts for that too. So I'm taking a drink here because I'm getting really worked up. So, Oh, no, you're fine. I'll actually read this for the home audiences. Uh, I came in with a very negative attitude towards the match. When it was over, I felt stupid, which you should feel stupid for what you're about to say, Dave, uh, for having that attitude because I thought the match was entertaining as hell. Uh, this is also and the Alvarez band. put it over and fuck Brian Alvarez. Well, Brian Alvarez is a fucking dick anyway. Go fuck himself because he... He's one of the reasons that fucking uh, SMW is starting to fucking fail. Him and those fucking idiots over at the Pro Wrestling Torch, it wasn't for that. And also OVW, they tried to kill OV fucking W, which had a bunch of talent that just didn't need that to have any kind of bullshit because the, I hate Pro Wrestling Torch. I don't like Brian Alvarez. I've heard his fucking nasally bullshit voice. And to be honest with you, fuck you. Because you were a wrestler for two years and you fucking all of a sudden think I've never been in the wrestling industry. I've been a ring announcer only. And I can admit that I'm pretty dumb to a lot of things. But I know what good wrestling is because I've been watching it before I was fucking born. My parent, my mom was pregnant with me going to NWA shows. So screw off, Brian Alvarez. I but hate thing, Brian Alvarez is like, I've had a thousand matches. All of them are great. Have Fuck you? you. No, they weren't. Who the I've fuck seen a lot of your matches. A hundred people in the goddamn bingo hall. It's just, it just goes to show you too how I don't know what kind of desperation professional wrestling because I run into this a lot at, at local shows as well, where like everybody thinks every match is awesome, and these guys, some of these guys who shouldn't be there, shouldn't be wrestling. They should. They have great mouths and they have great you know potential to have, be managers and great other things. But there are guys I see in like an AIW. I'm not going to name names because honestly, I don't I don't care to get into any kind of fucking firefight because eh, whatever. 
but it's one of those things where you just look at it and go, you deserve to be a manager. Like you really do. And it's it, it, even I've had wrestlers that I know personally who I get along with outside of wrestling who actually have said that to me. They're like, I think there should be like managers and some people should just be referees. And it's true. And I look at a guy like fucking Marco Stunt and I go, ah, you would be I would see you as the world's smallest referee. Like you could be the next Pee Wee Anderson and be great at what you do because he's still athletic. I'm not going to say anything bad about his athleticism or anything like that, but he's just too fucking small. He's too small. Too small. Did you, see, did you see the way how Jericho fucking defended him? <sighs> it's un- it, 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 That's Jericho money. defended him in the same way that Al Meltzer did by trying to bring up goddamn fucking Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Who that. Rey Mysterio is special. There is one Rey Mysterio, and I did my research. I had to look it up really quick. Rey Mysterio made his main um, American TV debut at the uh, WCW Great American Bash. I'm not talking about ECW because, yeah. uh, you know, WCW had a much bigger fan base. Yes. So I forgot. I, I didn't write down what Rey's age was at the time. But if you look at Ray, he came out with a shirt off. He had biceps. He had traps. He had pecs. Ray looked yeah. like a fucking athlete. And Marco then he went to the and did spectacular things. And not only did he do the high flying things, he did. Um, he was wrestling Dean Malenko for the cruiserweight championship, which made sense. But he was also doing technical things where it's like, okay, I can see the way how this guy can flip, you know, because he's smaller to get out of the arm bar and then grab the guy by the ankle and trip him up. Yeah, but also Ray's what. Five, four, five, five. Yeah, like five, five. I think Marco Stunt is like I. I actually can verify my opinion on Marco Stunt because my girlfriend and I attended an AIW show in June. They know everybody that watches AIW that listens to this podcast and knows exactly what show I'm talking about. And I am on the upper level of a concert venue in downtown Cleveland. And I see him walk in and I go, that's it. That's Marco fucking stunt. And he made his he made his partner in the match look like a drunk man. It was so awkward. It was so weird to watch a guy. And I'm going to use his name because he's a great wrestler. And my God, I look up to this man because he's what I would love to be as a professional wrestler. He made Tim Donst look like a fucking idiot. Everything that they were doing together looked messy and sloppy, and I didn't like it because it made Tim look bad. That's yeah. why I hated it. I'm blaming that match on Marco. I'm not blaming anything on Tim. And, and, and here's the thing I'm going to say, too. Let's say that they weren't wrestling Phoenix and Pentagon. Let's yeah. say that Marco Stunt was, you know, let's say it was 1988, and him and Jungle Boy were wrestling the Road Warriors. <laughs> and let's say, let's say that after... Uh, Guy, I'm getting so worked up. Let's say Marco Stunt got the shit kicked out of him. I like like it tonight. Yeah, let's say he got the shit kicked out of him like he did. And then after he does the the tag, the Jungle Boy, you know, Mm -hmm. he only rests for what, 90 seconds. And then next thing you know, he's flipping. Yeah. Let's say he would have done that to Hawk or Animal. What the (sighs) fuck do you think they would have done to him? The next time we would have saw his name would have been in a goddamn obituary. (laughs) It would have been right beforehand. Marco goes, just like uh, Dick the Bruiser once said, What are you guys doing to us? Anything we want. That's what would have happened. Because they would have, they would, the Midnight Express, Jim Cornette would have filleted Marco Stunt. He would have beaten him like the guy in Altoona to, if it was the goddamn 80s. It would have been Racket City for Marco and he would have never been seen again, ever. Or he would have been on Crockett Television in the studio. He would have been, a, he would have been a jobber 
in W in World Championship Wrestling. Now I he's just, a I, star. I don't get it. Yeah, I I just I don't get the people coming to his defense. Like I don't get Jericho coming. And don't get okay. I kind of get a it because Jericho's cashing the paycheck and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, no he's, offense, he's Chris. That, that big he's money an idol of mine, but no. But but this is what bothers me is that what Chris Jericho has suddenly become the past couple years. Do you remember when uh, the Bushwhackers were inducted into the Hall of Fame and people were yeah. chanting "What" during their speech, and then yeah. he went on talk as Jericho and ripped the fans a new one, and then you know a year later he's on Raw and the fans tried to hijack it, and he said, you're not going to hijack the show when I'm on. He's yeah. literally performing to only that fan base now at live events. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Because he knows that he is can't. Only who the, that is the AEW crowd to a T. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you're you're, you're going to... I just... I, I know. It drives me up a wall. And here's the thing about everyone defending Marco Stunt and trying to compare him to Ray, other than the fact that that's just ridiculous. Try to compare him to Spike Dudley. Try to do that, yeah. and then you'll notice. And then you'll notice that your argument is even crazier because Spike was more of a technical. He, he his offense well, was more of the technical side, and he did a lot of counters. Well, that was his also, main. Comp- the thing about Spike too is you kind of empathized how they set him up. He was an empathetic character to begin with. You were supposed oh, to feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for Marco Stunt. I don't feel like, anything. Especially for him. with Spike, where he had the Dudleys as the quote unquote brothers, you know? Yeah. Who who would who would put um put him through tables and betray yeah. him and beat the living shit out of him. Like and you that's said, how he it's was supposed the, to be. Yeah, he was the guy that you felt sorry for, but he would come out with a smile and he would shake the kids' hands and you know, pat little Jimmy on the head as he walked by. Wrestling needs So geeks. you liked him. And then he did the, uh, you know, he was the the toughest guy, pound for pound. He was 150 pounds, but he was the toughest guy. So you knew you had to give him a beating. Mm-hmm. I, it's, you... Do you remember how he won the European Championship against Regal? Yeah. Where Regal got checked for the uh, brass knucks, and uh, the ref stopped him. So Spike ran in really quick, grabbed the knucks, hit Regal, and then they started mm-hmm. the match and pinned him. What a... Mm-hmm. Fucking brilliant way for him to win, and then he like, lost it. What three weeks later to Regal when he had an ankle injury, and Regal challenged him out. And of course, Spike, being the babyface, isn't going to turn down a challenge. So Regal yeah. did the cheap shit to his ankle, and then put him in a. It wasn't quite an ankle lock, I don't think, but it was more of like know, an ankle in, pick. Yeah, yeah. He put him in some kind of thing, and then pinned Spike very. Or I'm sorry, he he made Spike tap out really quickly. Yeah, it, it all made sense. It all worked. Mm-hmm. And that's and but but again, Marco, there's nothing that works with him. You can't you can't. He's not he's not. I, man, I, I wish he's just not that good. He's just not. And I am especially when you see him. I mean, I thought like my dad was done with professional wrestling a long time ago. If he was still alive today and I had to explain to him. of what goes on in professional wrestling, he would immediately grab the remote and go, let's go to ESPN and watch the UFC. I mean, that's, that's, it's, and sadly, I I probably will be doing that myself. And I'm actually mad at myself. I didn't reach out to TM Francis to show him uh, (laughs) what, what we were doing before I, uh, before we started the podcast. I just thought about that uh, right before I signed on. But that, that's what that's what, you know, you get, you're going to get the fans who are going to be like, oh, it's entertaining. But the majority of fans are people who are not going to go to Twitter and bitch and complain or go to Twitter and say how fun it is. The no. majority of fans are just going to point the remote to television, go click. And yeah. Yeah. and then they're going to go on USA. They're going to see NXT and think it's the same goddamn bullshit. 
Yeah. Well, no, because they have a little bit of a different. And I didn't watch NXT this week. I, like I said, I was in. Oh, uh, dude, it was a much better show by far. You I'm need gonna, to watch I'll, it. I'll give it a watch before next week. Or I'll give it a watch tomorrow, right before um, NXT goes on USA tomorrow. Um, but yeah, man, I look and I see what I'm watching and I'm just like the fuck are we doing with this like the 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 one my the bitch i have today and i think we'll call this batch bash it the bitch uh because <laughs> it's the perfect way to just tap the make the funny a little bit more on this episode yeah i'll call it bat we're calling this episode bash it the bitch i like that um <laughs> i dig it and the thing about like all right i want to ask you a question how long have you been yeah. watching professional wrestling um I have been a fan of it ever since I was a little kid. Um, it's funny because when I was a when I was a little boy, um, you know, for like groundings and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, like parents would take away your video games or whatever. Yeah, my parents would um, ground me from watching wrestling. I could watch oh. anything else, you know. But if my grades were slipping, you know, wrestling's the first thing that goes. See, in my uh, house, wrestling was God, so that that was not a punishment <laughs> at all. Yeah, uh, unless was, I was just um, fully grounded. Yeah, well, it was. Um, I was the only wrestling fan in the house, so no one else seemed to care that I couldn't watch wrestling. Yeah. Um, and there was, you know, a long period of time where, like in the '90s, um, you know, I had such a bad thing. My dad didn't want it in the house, so I would have to turn down the TV all the way, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, to to watch it. Which, you know, I'm sure they thought I was probably watching porn as a kid. <laughs> Instead, yeah. I'm watching. I'm watching Stone Cold Steve Austin give uh, Mr. McMahon the uh, the middle finger. Mm. Um, I mean, but I, I mean, I've been a wrestling fan for God, probably my whole life. Me, me as well. I'd say twenty. I discovered wrestling full time when I was like four. Um, yeah, I want to say I was four years old, and so about twenty six years of my life has been dedicated to professional wrestling. How many gimmick matches do you think you've watched? Thousands. Oh, easily. All right. What the fuck was that street fight? What in? <laughs> God's name are we doing? Why? Why is this a thing? Why were rope breaks? There were people in the crowd even chanting, it's a street fight. And yet he could get fucking out of a submission? Girl Hebner, what the fuck are you doing? I remember no disqualification matches, which is just a different name for a street fight, where they can grab the rope and it would be a rope break, but you didn't have to let go. But this was a street fight. Yeah. Street fight, a Philadelphia street fight where sometimes even the rope breaks didn't fucking matter, but sometimes they did. It was weird, but it, that was ECW. But at the same time, you're on national television and you're having casual fans who know of a Philadelphia what a street fight is because they've watched it on WWE or WCW, and you're doing the fuck. You you can't get out of a. I I couldn't. I watched it and I was dumbfounded. I'm like, why Why did she just break up this rope break? Why did she? But yeah, the kendo stick's fine. I, I don't get it. I don't understand what the thought in a chair, but a chair's basically pointless now in, the, in wrestling. But like, it was, why? Why was there even rope breaks in a fucking street fight? I love the fans that started chanting, it's a street fight. I'm like, thank you, God, somebody understands what the fuck's supposed to happen. It was the worst booking I've ever seen for a TV match. You know, probably, God, since 05, 06, back when WWE was sort of at an apex of being okay and good, and then all of a sudden they just drop off for a couple months, and you'd be like, what the fuck is this? 
Why are you doing this? I, I just don't understand it. I don't get how they could have had a fucking rope break in a street fight. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, AEW's officiating is very questionable. Uh, I mean, other than every single Omega match right now has had some kind of reasonable disqualification to be yeah. called right in front of the referee and nothing happens um, to the rope break right now. Uh, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to say the referee calling off the Hell in a Cell match is probably still the worst um, of the year. Yeah, of the year of so the far. Year for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, AEW's officiating is just not good. I, it, I it mean, makes no sense. Referee, well, that goes down to booking. I don't blame them for booking. It's, it's, they're just, and especially guys like Bryce Remsburg, I, who I love, and I'm going to have him, pro, I'm going to probably set up something around full gear uh, to have Bryce on the show. Uh, by the way, if you, if you listen regularly, I'm going to, I'm, I made, uh, I made an old connection. With Bryce, so I'm going to try and get him on the show, and he's willing to do it. So I just need to get a scheduling time for that. It may be pre-recorded, may not be as uh, while the show is being recorded. It'll probably be added in towards somewhere in the show. Uh, but for anybody that's interested, yeah, Bryce Remsburg is going to be on. And if you want, go to our Facebook Side Angle Pod. Uh, and give us questions. Give us questions to ask uh, Bryce, because I'd love to ha- get some fans' questions about AEW with Bryce and just you know, shoot the shit with them and have some good times. I'll probably do that early November, probably a couple weeks if anything. So I'm gonna pull that string. But like to me, the referees, they're just they're just there like the wrestlers. But it's it's the booking. It's the booking to where they're telling them, hey, don't don't call a disqualification here. Don't don't do that. Why? They just they did this 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 and this, but yet you let a rope break happen. I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. They haven't. Uh, they haven't said like who's booking matches for AEW yet, have they? Uh, no. And I honestly think, um, to be honest, I think it's actually the coaches that are probably doing that. The uh, like the guys that they signed to Dean Malenko and Arn. Oh, Anderson. like Arn Anderson. Yeah, I think those are the guys who Jerry Lynn is one of them, and I love Jerry, but uh, if, oh, come on, man, like. We need to get the fucking booking down to where, and if it's if it's the boys booking it, then we've got a problem. We have got a huge fucking problem. Yeah, that's, that's almost never worked out well. No, 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 no. God, no. Except for you know, except for Ron Fuller and a few other people, the boys should not be booking themselves at all. But it, you just look at it and you, you see this shit and its breakdowns. And I, like I said, I've been watching wrestling twenty six years on my own. You know, it's it. I've never seen. I mean, I could understand in that match if the referee was like enough and gave the winner to be the person that they gave the whole thing up to. You know, the the person that they're the that's laying a beating in a street fight. But like this was something where you you just couldn't do any of it. And once that rope break was established, it would throw me completely out of the match because I would get back into it because I like both Darby Allen and Chris Jericho. I love both of those guys. I think they, they complemented each other very well. And Darby got my respect for doing what, uh, doing a, uh, uh, orange Cassidy, but his arms are behind his back. That impressed the shit out of me. Like, uh, when I watched it, but, it's just come on. We gotta get the rules down. We gotta keep. We can't just have willy nilly bullshit like this. Otherwise, I'm gonna fucking actually have to turn it off and only go to the, watch the pay per views like I do with WWE. 
Because that's all I do now. I watch TV a little bit, and then I watch pay-per-views. I don't like that. I wish I could watch good, decent wrestling, you know, for it. But come on, man. Get your shit but, together and get the booking better. About to say, did you watch uh, Raw from last night? I We, we record this on Tuesday nights, by the way, people. Yes. I don't know if that's ever been uh, brought up. Yeah. We've established it, but yeah, we would record on a Tuesday night, um, and then we go to, we watch, um, usually- After I put my baby down to sleep. After you put that sweet little baby, not knowing a word yet, sweet little baby Jesus. Uh, (laughs) The the whole thing with it is, you get that whole, uh, yeah, we we watch on Tuesday. Sorry, I'm still kind of worked up right now, (laughs) I can't believe that. But yeah, we were recording a Tuesday right after Monday Night Raw. That's why we talk about Monday Night Raw previous or from this week and maybe last week. I did miss that because I was at uh, I watched some of the highlights. No, not good for anybody that's watching the MLB World Series. The Pirates or not not the Pirates. The Astros are losing five to two. Not good. Not good at all. Why they do a best out of seven, Ray? Oh, but yeah, the first game means so much. It really <sighs> does. But uh, no, I. I watched Monday Night Raw while uh, in between games of PUBG because I'm doing that now. Um, player Unknown's battle, Player Unknown Battleground, um, and then yeah, I watched it. I liked some of it, and I didn't get a lot of it. So that's how I would re- really respond. What do you think about last night's Monday Night Raw? Not the worst. Um, no. I'll tell you what. I let's start off with what I did like. Mm. Um, I like that Aleister Black had a uh, had a squash match. Yes. I, I like that. Um, I like that Andrade got a win. I was kind of fuming that he didn't beat Sin Cara a little bit quicker. Um, yes. And I would have had Buddy Murphy face Seth Rollins rather than whatever the fuck that guy's name was. Umberto Carrillo. So, uh, I like the, it. the Power I, Ranger. I know. Everybody's calling him a, like the Black Power Ranger today. And I'm like, I like the gimmick. It's very Lucha Libre. It really is. It's a very good callback. Um, and especially since uh, his brother, or I think it's his brother, or, no, it's his cousin, is um, Garza Jr. in in Mexico, and his uh, uncle is uh, Hector Garza. Okay. So there's a pedigree to this kid. It's just, again, you kind of had, they didn't establish. They and, established nothing with him other than the fact he was on 205 Live, which I'll be honest, I never watched. Me except neither. Except when Enzo Amore was champion. Yeah, uh, I watched it when Neville was champion when he started doing the bastard gimmick a little bit. And then once he lost it to uh, thing and then when Buddy Murphy came back, I'd watch a little bit or as I champion. Did, yeah, I did watch uh, a little bit of Buddy, too, because I like Buddy Murphy. I think yeah. he's I think he's definitely a star in the weight I, for either company. To be honest, AEW could definitely use a Buddy Murphy who is small, but he's powerful and quick at the same time and can show off every single move that he does with perfection. And that's that. He can pack on another 10 pounds. Yeah. And and still, and, and no one would say anything. I would actually love to see him versus Pac in AEW. That would be an interesting high-flying match. I would love to watch that fucking fight. It would be great. But yeah, Buddy Murphy, I think, is getting just wasted. Like, he got wasted as soon as he moved up to the main roster and put against Roman Reigns on Monday Night Raw. Or was that SmackDown? That was in Smack. See, I thought he, I thought that was a good thing for him because I thought he had a great showing. He uh, did. Because then he had a, a great match with Daniel Bryan, which he won. Yeah. And then I, nothing. I, I don't know, man. It's it, one it of those It made things. no sense. It, it, you got this guy who you've established pretty quickly is able to go... I, he needed something. 
Yeah, but you needed to do something with him. And they haven't done anything. And that's besides, you know, put him against, you know, talent in just matches, matches when he's he can. And he has a personality. How can you waste a personality like his where you believe everything he does? And I like that about it. It just stinks. I will say is I really hope that Crown Jewel is the final face off we have with anything to do with Rusev and Bobby Lashley. Mm. Because, man, you talking about a an angle that is just not working that no one believes or cares about. <laughs> I want it off. I yeah, want it off I, TV. That's I, not so, that's just not finish it. Just, well, it. So this was, this was my problem. And I, I uh, texted a couple of friends um, last night because uh, Lana was like, I'm at the restaurant. I begged you to come to that. I always dreamed about coming to uh, that. You would never take me to. And uh, Rusev's like, I know where she's at. It was like her dream was to come to a restaurant in Cleveland. Well, actually, I was going to say, where are they? Where where could they be? Because they are, it has to because it was such a short time. Where I they, think it was formal night at Winking Lizard. And this is a local reference. No, it looked like fucking Lola's or or uh, Lolita or whatever it's called on East Fourth Street by Hilarities. It looked like one of those restaurants, and I'm like, which fucking restaurant did they pre-do this at? Because the way everything looked, I'm like, I've been in this place before if they pre-taped this. Because because if not, then I don't know where they pre-taped that. But it was hilarious to find, be like, where are they going to go? The Harry, but where are they? The Harry Buffalo? There's no real restaurant in Cleveland besides the ones on East 4th. That's How about it. Been if uh, they would have been at a comedy show at Hilarities. The, the Cleveland Comedy Open. <laughs> Hold on. How great would it have been if it was at the Cleveland Comedy Open and Mick Foley would have been doing a set? Oh no, I was actually thinking, wouldn't it have been hilarious um, if, like, it was a, it was on a they taped it on a Tuesday at the Mike Polk Jr. show? Just weird, wacky shit going on. People people laughing their asses off, and all of a sudden this Bulgarian lunatic just starts throwing shit, and nobody knows. And Mike Polk's like, "What the fuck is this?" It would have been hilarious, in my opinion, or Bill oh, during a Bill Squire set. That would have been hilarious even more. That would have been great. Uh, News for, or possibly something for next year. Who knows? But, I mean, what I don't like about this is is the fact that it's it's a whoever whoever's writing this, and if this is a Heyman thing, Heyman definitely has a cuckolding fetish. If you really think about it. This man watches yeah, he, probably. He's done a, what was the one angle he did in the past with um, Jamie Noble and Nitty and Tori Wilson and Billy Gunn? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he has done uh and didn't he do uh Don Marie and Jackie Gato with Charlie Haas? Um Yeah. He he's done this a handful of times. Well, I mean, you can even go back to ECW with the Kimona and Beulah angle where where Kimona, the 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 Asian manager of the franchise Shane Douglas, all of a sudden admits that she's fucking Beulah. That happened in ECW. And they got yeah. apparently got thrown off of all their television. For it, which is even more hilarious because he was doing it back in like 96 too. Like this is a long track record. I'm starting to think he really does have a like some kind of black bull fetish and watches too much Pornhub because Bobby Lashley does look like that dude in those kind of like cuckold films where you're just like, oh yeah, that would definitely be a guy that would lose it to that would take that dude's woman. Nice. Kind of weird, but at least my only thing is at least Rusev's not into it. If he gets into it, I'm out. I'm out. If it becomes a tag team, a good pun on my part, but it's one of those things where if that becomes some kind of tag team, I'm out. Have a good one. 
You guys can enjoy your time doing something else. I'm I'm not gonna watch when those two are on the screen. Cause this is like some weird fucking Pornhub X hamster fucking X video shit. I don't want to even. It's uncomfortable for me. Like I just ugh. like I watch it and I'm just like, this is gross. Why? Well, I think to... about it like if I'm watching it like my niece or nephew. You know, I was like, about to say that. Yeah. Them, I would I would have to probably turn the channel. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, dude. It's like it's like my dad uh, fast forwarding through the banging scenes in Fast Times Ridgemont High when I was a kid. That's what it should be. Like the, as soon as that comes on, click. We are fast forwarding through this part. Don't worry. And then you look at your kid and you don't worry. Just you, I will explain later. It's whatever. But it's it, to me, it's just gross, dude. It's just weird. I don't like the whole. I don't like that idea. Possibly also because I'm a dominant in bed. But it's it, one of those things where you kind of like, <laughs> eh, this is ne- this is not right because we've all been but, cheated on. So it's like, Ugh, but still, the way she's acting and shit is just. Ugh, ugh. But like not just that. Like like you said, like people have had bad relationships and everything too. Yeah. Um. I mean, this isn't as bad as a, a as a miscarriage angle. Yeah. But like, this is. I'm sorry, but Rusev and Lashley aren't selling tickets. So I mean, this no. is not something that's going to be selling tickets to events or getting people to subscribe to the WWE network. I would say it might be one thing if it was like Roman and Seth had a, a rivalry and Becky was involved, because then you have like three superstars in the lot in the love triangle. Yeah. But even then, like, I, I'm still going just. Meh, doesn't do anything for me, dog. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's too pitchy, too pitchy, dog. I just I can't, I can't. Uh, when I, especially when I watch that angle, because when it first started, I and they made out on Raw. I was like, okay, what's going on here? And then the whole massage thing and the bedroom scene, which I guarantee you was on Vince's bed, by the way. <laughs> I almost oh, guarantee. Get under the covers. <laughs> oh, remove your towel, Bobby. Get in there, you big black bull. You. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have Linda later for you. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Now I'm gonna make her bark like a dog. You know what's crazy too? Remember, I'm. I'm trying to remember. Um, I can't remember the year, but uh, when Desperate Housewives was a thing, mm-hmm. and uh, was it Terry Hatcher was the, the main character on the show, the the actress. Um. Uh, yeah, Terry Hatcher was on uh, was on that show. Let me. I'm and and they did the they did the thing from Monday Night Football where she was in the locker room in a towel, and uh, yeah. one of the players like walked in on her. And then WWE did a spoof of that, and it was Trish Stratus in a towel while Shelton Benjamin was in the locker room. And McMahon then came out. He was just like, "Oh, think of the controversy." He's like, "Well, Shelton, I'm not sure if you noticed, but you're an African American male." <laughs> and <laughs> I remember just as a kid being like, "This is like really fucked up." <laughs> That they're doing this. Well, remember also, he also said the N-word to John Cena uh, on Monday Night Raw in Detroit, Michigan, of all places. That was a pay-per-view. Was it a pay-per-view? Yes, I remember it was a pay-per-view because um, uh, I was at Fox and Hounds watching it. Oh, my God. That's even worse. And it was, again, in Detroit, one of the more predominantly African-American cities in this country. And then and he all hits Booker on the line. shoulder as he walks by. <laughs> yeah. Booker's the only thing that made that good was the fact that he was just like, tell me he did not just, he, he gave that, tell me he did not just say that look. And you're just like, oh. I remember uh, talking about race in WWE. I remember Booker's uh, 
WrestleMania 19 run like it was yesterday. I was a um, I was a freshman in high school during that time. Yeah. And I remember as I'm watching it and Booker T's um, I'm sorry, Triple H is saying stuff like, you know, put the chauffeur's hat on your nappy hair and um, you're just here to make me laugh. And, you know, guys like you or uh, people like you and uh, bringing up his arrest record and everything like that. I remember at the time be- thinking, well, there's no way that Booker T is going to lose at WrestleMania because this is way too fucked up for Booker to not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to not yep. win. Yep. Uh, oh, racism in WWE. I-, I love the fact that one of their biggest stars was, a- it- and I'm talking early days of WWE, w- when it was the WWF, was a guy by the, was Robo Brazil, and now they just treat fucking goddamn wrestlers, like black wrestlers, like shit. It's, it's, uh, Bill Watts said it best. Uh, if you ever watch like the Bill Watts, like shoot interviews and anything like that with like ROH or RF video, uh, nothing to Bill Watts. Um, he has one of the greatest things ever where he says, of people, of course, it's fake. Look at how many black athletes are world champion. Holy cow. Yeah. No one ever thinks about that. No. Not at all. And it's it's the weirdest thing. If you think about it, it makes so much sense because it's the, I mean, it took how long for a technique? Uh, they go back to um, I think Bobo was one of them. And then uh, I don't remember who else. There's been a few black world champions when the belts were all like fractured and every territory had their own world champion. But like it took until the early 90s. For a televised black athlete to win the world championship of a major organization. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. The racism in professional wrestling is off the charts. And I don't get it. I could understand tar and feathering somebody. I don't care about race or thing. It's it's a good embarrassing angle for a babyface to come back with. I don't, you know, the the painting... It, I, I'll never forget one of the most racist things I've ever seen was an AWA thing where it was a Colonel De Beers. If you've ever heard that name, uh, he Not was in the, he was an AWA. who's supposed to be a South African white man, um, which at the time in the eighties with apartheid and all that kind of stuff was a little insensitive. And um, he said uh, some, he was wrestling some black gentleman and he said, if, I lose, I will paint myself, or I'll paint myself black, but if I win, I'll paint him white. That was on ESPN. I know. Wow. It's the, and my favorite, Jim's admitted this, Cornette's admitted this, sorry, Mr. Cornette, I'm not going to refer to you as Jim anymore, you are my lord and savior, I am a member of the cult of Cornette, Uh, but, uh, he once said about Sonny King. And yeah, it was a different time. And actually, looking back on it, he was the least racist human being on the planet. But he actually said one time that uh, to Sonny King, if you get in our business one more time, I'm going to read you Roots Backwards so it has a happy ending. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. Did you ever it's... see, uh, did you ever see uh, Cornette on the uh... The U shoot where uh, New Jack and Mustafa come in and surprise him, and they they bury the guest the booker. Yeah, the guest yeah, booker. The guest I actually booker. have that. I think I'm one of my. I have like a makeshift mic stand that helps put the mic in front of my face, and I one of them is the guest booker like case. Actually, <laughs> uh, is that not a, a feel good moment? Yes, absolutely. I love how New Jack comes in singing, "Why can't we be friends?" <laughs> 
Yeah. I know you're working for the CIA. And I forgot the rest of the words, but fuck them today. <laughs> I that's one like, and that's the thing. Like certain the real racism, if you look at professional wrestling, is always on the championship. Who's a champion? You got you'll get a Latino. You'll get uh, a white guy. You'll get hell. We'll throw in a Peruvian just to ma- make everything equal. I guess I don't know, but you never see a full on black world champion that often it's the scariest thing it's it's no. weird to have that knowledge and think about it and be like yeah you're fucking right that's odd and and, and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say this is shit on kofi kingston but you think about like his match at wrestlemania and yeah like, and, and you really think like holy cow is that like the first person like that of that dark of skin tone to actually win the the wwe championship especially on the biggest stage and you look back and you know, sure, The Rock's black and everything, but he was also half Samoan. Like, you know, you, you don't confuse yeah. Kofi Kingston for anything. No. And, and, man, and that's the one thing about Kofi's reign that really I don't, I don't know. It just, there could have been so many, like, I, I honestly thought, what was the Ezekiel guy? Uh, the black guy, the big black guy. Ezekiel Jackson. Ezekiel Jackson. If they would have used him better, he could have been a monster world champion. But they did nothing. He was, um, he was IC champ for a hot minute. He was, but he wasn't world, and he, he had the body type where you're like, that's a world heavyweight champion, like, professional wrestler. That's a guy who, right off the, I mean, how long did it take Mark Henry? Yeah, it took Mark Henry, Um, let's see, he, he came in the WWE in 96, I believe, correct? 95, 96, somewhere in that range, I'm gonna yeah, actually be on your side, 96, the Olympics. yeah. Um, yeah. He wrestled Jerry Lawler, and when did he finally win the world heavyweight championship? Was it 2008? I want to say, yeah, I, maybe I it was two thousand like ten or something. It's been, it was very recent. Uh, let's let's look down here and see because I've got the lovely uh, the computing machine here where I can see all this. And even in ECW when he was world champion, I was like, eh, he should have got that shit way earlier than what he did. It it it's a it was a waste of talent because he's such an imposing, violent looking figure and. He just got nothing from the McMahons. Like, no real good booking. Nobody really understood. Um, 2008. That was ECW Championship. He won the World Head Championship in 2011. Oh, my God. Nine years ago. Wow. Almost nine years ago. Eight, eight, nine years ago now. Wow. That's... Oh, I'm very upset about that right now because it's just there, there shouldn't be, you know, there should be more African-American champions in wrestling in general. And I hope AEW kind of breaks that mold, in my opinion. But they really don't have that many black guys to begin with. No, they don't. Did you? Um, I was actually thinking about that, too. I was like trying to figure out like what the, the demographics of AEW are. Um, but the, I'm sure you've seen the uh, the video of Ron Simmons uh, beating Vader for the World Heavyweight Championship in WCW. Oh, many and, times. The, the it's an emotional fucking, moment. Yeah, and the way how people just exploded and popped yeah. and fucking jumped out of their seats for it. And that, that's yeah. the thing, too. How was, how was Ron Simmons never World Heavyweight Champion in WWE? <laughs> did you look I mean, at the how gimmick? How mismanaged was that? Did you, look, did you see the Farouk Asad gimmick? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that he looked. He looked more like, yeah, he looked more like somebody out of a sci-fi film. 
than he did a world champion. When he was Ron Simmons with the with the mustache and the 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 afro or Jerry Curl, whatever he had at the time, it was because he went through both. All right, everybody, calm down. Uh, but it was you look at it and you're just like. This guy was a great professional wrestler. He's so much good emotions. His facials look good. His body looks amazing. He can do all kinds of sweet-ass shit at that size. And it WCW is the only one that saw potential in him, and he still lost the belt like three months later. I think it was I think it was Bradshaw who told the story. It, it was a great story. I think um, <clears throat> it was uh, during the late '90s in WWF. Um, Midian asked Ron Simmons how old he was. He was like, "I'm 40," you know, wherever he was at the time, like 43 years old. And Midian was like, "Man, I I hope I look like you when I'm 43." And Ron Simmons <laughs> just laughed it off, went, huh, "You wish you look like me now." Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I. That was one character I thought that kind of served his purpose, and then they just went too far into him, uh, especially Naked Midian. I did yeah. not like Naked Midian at all. Uh, 1992, by the way, is when Ron Simmons won the belt. It, uh, two against Vader, yep. Yeah, and the and the thing, too, about it is they wouldn't even put him in the stands and, uh, like, uh, what's it, um, Atlanta Braves games. Because that's what um, Watts wanted to do with him is put him in this uh, crowd with the belt, show him like sitting next to Ted Turner, all that kind of stuff. And they wouldn't even do that shit. No wonder he floundered and lost to Big Van Vader a couple months. Literally, this is uh, December, December 30th of 1992 is when he lost it. And then Vader had it until March 11th of 93 at a house show in London, England. And then another house show in Dublin that he lost it to stay, lost it and won it back on the literally six days. This is weird. WCW really just like pisses me off with their back shit, but WWE pisses me off way more right now. All right, hold on. I'm looking. I gotta look something up here. Oh boy, what are you looking up? What What was the date that he uh he lost a uh, um? Let's see. Big Van Vader. He lost December thirtieth, nineteen ninety two, at a house show. Did Ron Simmons in Baltimore? Um, Ron had it for an entire whopping 150 days, um, which Lex Luger the year before in Baltimore held it for 230. Explain me, explain me that. Um, and then, uh, big Van Vader lost it in London to sting at a house show on March or March 11th of 1993. And then six days later in Dublin regained the world championship. I'm asking because I'm looking it up here on um, the IWD Internet Wrestling Database. Yes. Um, let's take a look here. Go figure. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. That was, that was under WCW. Um, 1992. And I was three years old then. Wow. It's amazing how much wrestling has just devolved. Such great talent, too. Man. I'm going to Such... say something here. What's that? Dave Meltzer did not rate... Ron Simmons versus uh, Vader. Really? At least nothing I'm pulling up here. If, uh, if any of the listeners find something, please. Yeah, send us a send us a copy of of Dave's uh, Snowflake rating for uh, that for the main event, which was 1992 August second, 1992. If somebody can send us just a screen cap of what he thought about the Ron Simmons, uh, yeah, June twentieth, Ron Simmons pinned Terry Taylor for two stars. Ooh. On September 2nd, Ron Simmons pinned Cactus Jack for 1.75 stars. Ron um, Ron Simmons was a champion September 2nd. 
but yeah, nothing. Uh, wow, nothing for that. How do you think he thought that match went with the with the fan <laughs> reaction? Well, I mean, knowing his opinion on Marco Stunt, I would say it's probably a negative seven and a half million pro- at this point. Because I mean, a guy who wants to say that he enjoys Marco Stunt, I'm gonna have to call your bullshit bluff on that one, pal. Because well, I, I would imagine it would get higher because technically Vader is over in Japan. And yeah. based on that crowd reaction, maybe he thought it was in Japan. Uh, possibly. He's like, I don't have to do anything this week. We're fine. Oh, my God. Dave Meltzer. If you get a chance, listen to Kevin Nash shoot on uh, Dave Meltzer in one of those you shoot videos. Oh, I have. I love oh, what he amazing. has to say. Yeah. Yeah, where it's like those five guys in the Corkian Hall uh, yeah. last week. <laughs> a five-star match. That's that's brilliant wrestling right there. Well, I remember oh. in the uh, the mid two thousands getting um, Pro Wrestling Illustrated because that's mm-hmm. when it would come out like monthly, and yeah. I, I couldn't wait for the year end to see what the match of you know each month was. Yeah, and I remember thinking like, oh, TNA is on its way up because every single month the match of the month was a TNA month, and now yeah. I look back and I'm like, what a fucking mark I was. Yeah, and wh- how fucking stupid was everyone then? Do you know what I used to do? This was how this was the kind of kid I was. When my parents would go to the grocery store, I would sit in the magazine aisle. Wouldn't even buy Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I would just like see what the cover story was and then look at all the local independent results because sometimes I might have gone to like a Cleveland independent wrestling show and been like, "Oh, there's the thing I was in. Cool. That's got it. That's in PWI. Awesome." But I would immediately go to the end. I would go to the ranking system and like see which one where I liked and who I didn't like and like would restack them in my own little way to do mm-hmm. that. And to be honest with you, a lot of the times I did believe what they were saying because a lot of the guys were really the truly over ones. But when it came to like their match of the years and like the year in the year in reviews, I never cared about those because I knew a lot of them were, you know, people outside of you know the territory. Nobody cared. No, it was it was who cared about the match of the month. I just wanted to see what who was still in contention, who was out of contention, because they had so many different organizations in that back area. By the way, do you remember speaking of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated? Um, do you remember the 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 fantasy wrestling that they used to do in the front page? Oh yeah, where it was like um oh god, what I'm trying to think of like a I, one of the I forget what it was called. But did you know that that actual P.O. box is in Cleveland? I did not know that. Yeah. In fact, I'm in the city. I won't say which city, but I'm in the city of that P.O. box. Wow. Yeah. No, I had no clue. I used to read Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, and I would see, and I never until, I want to say I was like 15, when I really like was like just looking through the whole thing just to read it, read it. It, it was... Yeah, it was um, some P.O. box in, where uh, I believe both of us live. Um, but it's, it's yeah, it's right over at the post office. I don't know if it still exists, but I remember all of a sudden one day I'm like, that's weird. I've never seen, I actually, there are times where I wanted to go to said post office and sit by that, po- that box just to see who it was and see if I knew them. It was a weird moment when I realized it was in Cleveland. That guy was doing those fantasy wrestling things. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I had no idea. I know the um, the WWE, um, like their merchandise thing, it, it ships out of Ohio somewhere, like an hour or two away, um, like their yeah, warehouse. But yeah, it's like Columbus or something. I think. Yeah, I, I, I know it's um, 
I know it's somewhere like off, like not in the middle of nowhere, but like I think this is the only thing keeping that that town afloat. Um, so eventually, when WWE decides to move it, um, you know, all forty people in that town are going to have to move to somewhere else. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, I know they, I know they ship their stuff out of uh, out of Ohio. But yeah, I had no idea about that uh, with Pro yeah. Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah, it was an interesting. I, I'm, and I'll probably send out a notice to, um, and I'm going to give this group a shout out. It's a private group, so you have to be a fan of said podcast to be in it. Not our podcast, obviously. Uh, a way bigger one and a way more awesome one known as the 605 Super Podcast. Um, the Mothership. Hi, guys. I'll hit you guys up for that because I want to figure out who, um, what the post office, what that P.O. box was. Because I still remember I still remember being very close to where my grandparents lived. And I was like, uh, what? I want to go and see who this person is and meet them. Because I've always read their article and thought, I want to do this so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, Because you got a belt at the end of the year. And that was the fun part. But I want to get that issue or that the, the fantasy wrestling thing to be a thing because I like that. Especially if you can create your own like league and stuff like that. That's amazing. But no, yeah, I found out that it was actually in Cleveland that that guy was doing that, which was strange to me because I was like, hmm, didn't realize it was that big out here at the same time. Dude's making money if he's in PWI. So, I remember yeah, WWE had their own fantasy league for a hot minute. Um, it was right when the uh, the resurgence of uh, ECW came back. Okay, uh, and uh, because like you had you had a salary cap, it was like so John Cena cost like a million dollars, but then like John Morrison cost like two hundred thousand. So okay. you know you, you had to make your roster, and you know you got ten points if you won. Um, you got negative four points if you lost by disqualification, um, but you got you know six points if you hit somebody with a chair or something. Um, or the foreign weapons and, uh, ECW had come in, uh, they had made everything available and it was before they changed the, um, the rules of the ECW thing where, um, you know, okay, the matches are going to have disqualifications now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the very first week, Sandman came out and just, uh, caned literally like a million people. And he, <sighs> he, he skyrocketed to the number one person in, in fantasy wrestling because of that. And then that's, that's when they realized, yeah, and that's when they realized, like, okay, um, so for fantasy WWE, um, <sighs> these rules are not going to happen. Like, so uh, if they use a weapon during the match, you're not going to get points. But if they use one before and after the match, then you can use points. And yeah. then that's when they realized, like, okay, everything on the, every our, our system is now fucked because of all these new rules. I didn't remember, I don't remember the fantasy at all. I, I must have not been like watching WWE at that moment. I must have been like really knee deep into like ECW stuff or like classic stuff like NWA for a minute. Cause I don't remember that. I don't remember the fantasy thing. Yeah, it all. was only around for, they, I think they only did two or three seasons of it. Um, I partaked in the second season. Okay. Um, Cause I remember, uh, the place I used to work, the owner's son told me, he was like, Oh yeah, I, I came in like number 120th out of out of the whole nation and like there's only like 50 points separating him from the guy who actually won uh, oh okay yeah and uh, i think like the winner got something like 10 grand or something so it was it wasn't anything like life-changing mm. but it was still pretty cool um but yeah, yeah they did it for a hot that. minute and they did it at the same time that they were turning uh i, I remember the wwe universe was just being coined and they tried oh, making okay. a social network site on the website you know what i do remember that now 
Yeah, I remember having one, a profile on the WWE Universe social media type of deal. I I don't remember the fantasy, but I remember the WWE Universe. I ha- I had like I think I deleted the profile within like four days because I'm like nobody's really doing anything with this. Um, I don't yeah, think I this I kept is worth it for a while. And I did a I did a, a couple of blogs, but hmm. you know whether or not anybody read them, I couldn't tell you to be honest. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but it was funny because I was also around the time um, when I went to WrestleMania for the first time in 2007. Okay. And I was actually, and I, I I found it, and you can find it online if you Google search Dan Brown ECW Diehard Fan of the Week. I was on the WWE.com website as the ECW Diehard Fan of the Week in 2007. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's pretty funny. I like it. Definitely. I had totally oh. forgotten all about that. Um, and then it's just something, something just reminded me of it recently. And I was just like, oh shit. Yeah. I wonder if it's still on there. I Google searched it and it's on, oh, uh, wow, you will notice on. that I, I'm gonna, oh. no, no, you can continue. I'm going to actually look up, look that up. So, but no, continue with what you're saying. Yeah. I, um, it was funny cause I, I went there with the girl I was then dating and they interviewed us for something with the website, which I don't think they ever used. Um, and then he was just like, yeah, you know, maybe we can use you for the diehard fan of the week. And then they came back and they ended up, um, you know, using me for the diehard fan of the week. And they came by, they took my picture and, um, you know, interviewed me for a, a, a little bit. Uh, I was so excited and so nervous that like I, I, <laughs> I didn't use all complete sentences because yeah. um, I thought like this would be my big break and then eventually I'll be added to the WWE family as a storyline writer and then I never heard anything and I cried and I cried and I cried. I'm actually, by the way, speaking of that, I there's your pretty mug. Wow. Holy crap. This is insane. You look totally different too. You look kind of happy. I'm not going to lie. Well, <laughs> that, was, that was 12 years ago, man. <laughs> well, I was also going to say stand-up hadn't gotten into your life yet. Uh, but... <laughs> The I, I love this. It was the uh, yeah the March twentieth two thousand and seven uh, at an ECW show in Cleveland, Ohio. Drive to the arena, fifteen minutes. I'm just reading this off for the fit for the people listening. This is actually a pretty dope thing. ECW fans since the merger with W. Really, you were that's you were a fan that recent, or was that did they just add that as kayfabe? I, you know what? I don't I don't really remember um, too much. Because I remember okay. I, I only watched ECW a little bit as a kid. And as a kid, okay. thinking like, oh, my God, these people are killing each You know, this is amazing. <sighs> but really, folk, you know, really knowing about what's going on with ECW was around the time of the, like, one night stand and uh, the invasion. Oh, or actually, before okay. the invasion. Um, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I don't really remember all the questions or, like, how they... You know how they asked him or what I was thinking. Um, oh well, I'm 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 actually gonna read the questions because there's only three of them, and I love the um uh the, 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 oh my this is around the uh, the fucking w or the original storyline too. That's, yeah, this is where the new breed was coming out. Yeah, wow, I forgot about that. Oh my god. For those of you at home, I'm amazed right now that I'm actually looking at one of my best friends. And he's like just all cross-armed like CM Punk and it's got his hometown on there. It's, but this is interesting. I like I never knew that because I, I didn't have internet until 2008 at my house. So this is like this is news to me. Really, it is. Cause like, yeah, that was I, at a time when, you know, you did not actually need to have internet in your house to, to be able to live. Yep. And that's how I, I didn't get my first cell phone until around 
I want to, yeah, uh, uh, seven months later, or no, nine months later, I got my first cell phone. Was Christmas weekend or around uh, Christmas time? I had got a flat tire by the Cleveland Food Bank, and I didn't have a cell phone, so I changed my tire and uh, went home. Next day, my parents got me a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, uh, the reason for being an ECW fan, like ECW, I like ECW because they have an attitude. It's good wrestling, and it's people with passion who do not, who do, who don't mind getting their asses kicked. They just go out and do what they love. I love that. It's a good, it's a good representation of what ECW really was. I mean, but sadly, grew- that also now defines Marco Stunt. Um, no, it really doesn't. <laughs> Not at all, because <laughs> I'd have to believe in him. All right. <laughs> oh, Marco Stunt. We keep keep going back to that short motherfucker, and I'm just like, yeah. And Marco, if you're out there and you're listening and you get offended, I'm sorry that you have such a short fuse. But at the same time, calm your tits, dude. Thank you. I wanted that drum roll. Uh <laughs> And then uh, I'm going to do, again, my announcer voice. Favorite ECW star, CM Punk. I'm straight edge, too. And I think he is very positive role model for kids everywhere. Very true. Very, very true. You were a man ahead of your time on that one, for sure. I like that, though. And, yeah, I love the the message to the superstars. I want to see the the originals kick some ass at WrestleMania. Win one for me. me. Oh my god, that is the greatest shit I've ever read. This is hilarious. Oh, I'll link this on our Facebook. I will, I re- I will say this when I when I forgot. Um, when I just suddenly remembered that I did that, the very first thing I do remember is saying "win one for me." <laughs> I couldn't tell you the other things that they asked. Um, for the life of me, if you would have like held a gun to my head and like when you were ECW diehard fan of the week. What did they ask? What did you say? The only thing I would be able to tell you is I said, win one for me. <laughs> oh, my God. And you should have just thrown in, and the Gipper, why don't you? It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this. This is so hilarious. <laughs> and this was at a SmackDown tape, or was this, yeah, or, or were they doing, like, or shows by themselves? Because I always thought there were SmackDown tapings that they taped. They were. Okay, yeah. They, they... Here's the thing. They taped SmackDown first, and then ECW went live at that time. They yes. eventually switched it so ECW would be filmed first. This way yeah. they can edit it for, the, um, for filming later in the night, and mm-hmm. then they would film SmackDown. Wow. That day, um, because they were allowing ECW and SmackDown stars to switch, you know, go from brand to brand, mm-hmm. um, one of the matches was Bobby Lashley versus... Randy Orton and Mr. Anderson, I'm sorry, Mr. Kennedy. Okay. And you, you never saw it on the actual showing of SmackDown because it was tape, but Bobby Lashley, uh, tried to put Randy Orton through a table and it did not break. So they had to redo it. And Vince McMahon was actually at ringside because that's when he was, uh, they were doing the whole Donald Trump, um, thing for WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, McMahon came down at ringside to try to distract Lashley, and then you see McMahon tell the um, <laughs> tell the referee, okay, okay we're going to do it again. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> WWE in 07, I, there was many highlights, many, go- many okay things oh, that yeah. happened. 
But the, some of the some of the stuff that happened with ECW was just like, what the fuck? And, and thank God, like guys like the Sandman were still there and Sabu to make it at least somewhat fun. But yeah, ECW is not good towards the end of its lifespan. Especially it, the high point of it was probably 06 just because it was brand new. But like this, this year in 07 was just a terrible year for ECW. Man. That's when uh, Vince McMahon was champion for a hot second. Yeah, don't remind me. I, I still <laughs> I have nightmares as a wrestling fan of that to this day because I'm just like that is the it's like him hugging Austin or um well, blowing out his quads was pretty funny. But like it's man, you look at it and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. What where did you go, Vinny? Where did you go? Like how how do you let yourself get that booked into a corner in so many different organizations that you own and you're just like, hey, I don't know what's going to happen now. Like, I'm going to give myself the belt. God damn it. You know, it's we like, remember the best thing about that was after that, um, the rivalry rivalry with Lashley finished up, mm-hmm. um, they did the draft and Lashley ended up going to Raw and they immediately stripped him of the title. <laughs> Yeah, again, we go to racism in professional wrestling, everybody. Chapter three, I call it. Because uh, <laughs> it's just like, why? When he got stripped of the ECW title, I was like, uh, okay, they're sending him there. And then they just have an open thing to redo it. That's the most WWE shit, too. That pisses yeah, then, me uh, off. Benoit killed his uh, wife and kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that totally fucked that, too. Oh my God! Speaking of New Jack, do you remember what he said? Have you ever watched the wrestling, the kayfabe commentaries, uh, top fives that they did? Um, I'm sure I've seen it before. Uh, New Jack on the Chris Benoit tragedy is hilariously awesome. Like I love the no give a fuck New Jack has to be like he put a he put a towel around his neck so he wouldn't have a scar from the thing, and he's like, "That's the most pussy shit I've ever seen." And agreed. You're you. That's that's the selfish shit that fucking somebody who just did that kind of stuff and then going to commit suicide does. Not taking away from Chris Benoit, the wrestler. Chris Benoit, the wrestler, was very enjoyable and very entertaining. And actually, up until that moment, was a hero of mine. And then just I was like, Same oh, here. psychopath. Great. And I've been here, following him, man. Yeah, it sucks. And I. And, and you know what? Even in Chris Benoit's defense, do you need to take him off of any wrestling matches? I would say don't take him off any wrestling matches. Um, I like what name. they've done now in the in the network. Um, like his, his match at WrestleMania 20. Um, like, you know how they have the bubble saying match start, match end? Yeah. Um, like, if you watch it, it would say, you know, like, Rock and Mick Foley first evolution handicap match. Um and then you go to the end. It was like Rock versus McFoley, um, Rock and McFoley versus um, uh, Evolution. And what they do now is you would go over and it says World Heavyweight Championship match. So they don't yeah. say his name, but okay, this is the match. We all know what's what we're doing here. We're just not going to be highlighting him, but yeah. we're not hiding him anymore. What um, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, I think I was watching some WCW pay per view where it was. Um... Chris Benoit versus, uh, was it World War Three? What was it? The uh, War Games? I think it was War Games. Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho. And it just says, uh, what I liked about, or what I didn't like about it was it just said Chris Jericho in action. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I just, it throws me off when all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's probably a Chris Benoit match now. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. 
it's almost like a creepy little. I think they just should come out with it. Fine, you know, just be. It, it happened. Yeah, it's a fucking huge tragedy, but just use the name. People know, know they actually, and if they're gonna they watch, they're gonna watch. In that Monday uh, Monday Night War documentary series they did, yeah, um, they used his name in there actually one time. Yeah, and they they did show um, a video or a picture of him. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean, and yeah, he did some stuff, some shitty stuff in WCW, especially with um, uh, Kevin Sullivan trying to get him fired. But you know, it, when it, and not trusting them after, and Mike Graham like threatened, threatened to threatened kick to his kill ass, or threatened to kick his ass every time he saw him. Yeah, he would have did that to him. <laughs> oh yeah, I would have. I would have <laughs> beat the living shit out of him, probably with a bat every time if he fucked my wife and took my house. Oh no, we're not playing that game, sir. That is not what we're gonna do on that. No, I would, and I agree with. The late, the late great Mike Graham. That was the right thing to do in that context, because that's somebody you work for and put you over and gave you the fucking belt and did that. Come on, man. Ugh. And I don't say I'm not one of those people that you know say like uh, Kevin Nash, who you know says, "Oh yeah, the um, uh, the wrestling industry, you know, died or whatever." He said, "I'm not one of those people." Again, he was a hero of mine, and I looked up to him until that fateful day. So yeah. it is, uh, it's a tragedy, man. Oh, well, it Dan, really I think we're going we to call it a night. Out. Yep, we're going to call it a night, sir. This has been episode four, known as Bash at the Bitch. Or uh, three. We'll determine that later. <laughs> uh, no, we just started World Wrestling War 5, so that's always a fun time. But no, yeah, we had a great time on this episode. We got a lot out, which was good. Um, again... If you guys want to hit us up, uh, it is Side Angle Pod on Facebook at the moment. Uh, and I didn't get anything. I've been having a weird week so far, but you know, I look forward to doing these every week. And uh, also, uh, my social medias are at Ray Highclack, H Y C L A K. That's C is in Charlie. Um, and then Dan Brown, what do you got? Come, what do you got, my friend? Uh, this weekend, I'll be at the uh, Holly Hotel Comedy Club in uh, Holly, Michigan. I am opening up for Charlie Weiner, so the shows are going to be Friday and Saturday nights. Nice. Uh, th- you know what? This is my third time featuring um, featuring there this year. So, nice. Um, yeah, they, it, every time I've I've been there, um, well, I, I mean, it's only been twice now, but uh, the two weekends I've been there already, I've been just absolutely amazing. So I'm looking forward to going back, and I'll be there again in December. When we get closer to that date, I'll let you know. But uh, Okay. And what's your social media, my friend? At X Dan Brown. All right, Instagram, guys. Twitter, and I think Dan Brown Comedy on, on Facebook and danbrowncomedy.com. Right. There we go. All right, for Dan Brown, I've been Ray Highclack, and this is the Side Angle Wrestling Show. Thank you guys for sticking with us, and we'll see you for episode five. Fuck Dave Meltzer. Fuck Dave Meltzer.